This is the A. I'm Reg Clay. This is Mike Dorado. <laughs> and this is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay. Uh, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. I'm sure you guys know Mallory. Mallory, <laughs> yeah. Really? All right. Hey, this is a Philippine fest here. We've got yes. um, our guest host, Mike Dorado. What's and, up? And a fantastic guest. And I re- mean this in the most sincerest. I say it all the time, but it's, it's real. Alan Manalo. Alan Manalo. Yes. How Alan, are you, Alan? I've, I've been uh, using Samson a lot lately. <laughs> Samson. Hey, Samson. Alan, Alan Samson, Samson Manalo. Manalo. Hey, yeah, there you go. Uh, it's a long story, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we've had a lot. I've, I was counting. We have, we've had 25 guests. Philippine guests on the yay. That's it? Yeah, we need to have a lot more. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. That's below the quota, man. Come yeah, on. exactly. And a lot of them have been bindle stiffers, and a lot yeah. of them would have never been bindle stiffers if it had not been for the man sitting right here yeah. next oh, to me. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I just opened the door and, you know. Yeah, and people provide. come in. Oh, I mean, you know, but sometimes an open mm-hmm. door is all that you need. Yeah, and you yeah. did that. You were one of the founding members of Bindle Stiff. Mm-hmm. One of what they say, every time I mention your name, Everyone who, who is in the says, oh, yeah, the OG, you know, it's OG. like <laughs> the sage. <laughs> and uh, well, how are you doing? It's a wonderful Saturday. How's it going? No, this is great. I am honored to be here, man. I, I, um, I got to confess when you, you had asked me to be on, I haven't, um, you know, I, I haven't, I should be listening to podcasts even more. And then I looked up the yay and I was just blown away by the number of guests you've had in, mm-hmm. in the last six years now six yeah, years yeah. yeah we started in 2017 yeah yeah, and, and, and I noticed that a lot of them were from Bindlestiff as well so thank you for supporting uh, uh, Bindlestiff and, and really the Filipino American uh, theater uh, community yeah thank you so much and of course we, sp- we try to spread it out like our yeah. next guest will be Virginia Blanco who's opening up a new Latino community nice um, I think a lot of minority communities we don't have a lot of uh, minority shows or even minority uh, just companies or shows and I think a lot mm-hmm. of minority groups can learn from Bindlestiff I think you know the path right. that Bindlestiff mm-hmm. has done and I think Bindlestiff is in a 31st year 32nd year um, let's see you had the 30th well, anniversary 2019 was 30, the 30th 33 33 now yeah because yeah, it was 19 it was open in October 1989 wow that's yeah. awesome yeah so it's it is Probably in the South of Market, at least, it's the longest yeah. running black it's box. It's interesting, mm-hmm. October 1989, that was the time of the Loma Prieta earthquake. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the founder, Christine L., she's uh, this Canadian uh, artist. Uh, she actually is uh, living in Canada now. She was telling a story about, she was living in Bindlestiff also. She was living in the back. And during the earthquake, she had to run out, and she was like half naked, you know, because oh, she thought the building was going to go down. I imagine uh, so. Mike, yeah. were you around in '89 here? I was no, no, no. I, well, in '89, I was uh, at the tender age of 17. Okay, I was, oh, I was a tender. <laughs> he was a tender. <laughs> I was tender. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No. When, when that Loma Prieta hit, I was uh, at the burrito bar at the Fremont Hub. Oh. I was ordering myself a burrito, and then I just stood in the doorway and I watched the icy machine shake. And I thought it was all done. It was all good. Uh-huh. I got my burrito and went home, and I went on the TV. I was like, yeah. what the? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was in my second year at NYU, and oh. I was living in Brooklyn because I had to rent a, um, uh, a room from this uh, old um, lady. from. She was from Trinidad. Mm. 
$300 a month rent. Those were the days. No. <laughs> and I was watching, you know, because my dad gave me a little teeny weeny um, a television set. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like a portable television set. And I was watching the World Series. And, of course, I saw it all. Right. And I was like, my God, what yes. in the world is going on? Yeah, so, it was uh, 5.04 was when it hit. And yeah. I remember the broadcast. Because I was on my way to go pick up this girl I was dating. Uh, and in San Francisco, and um, you know, I was going to San Francisco State at the time, mm-hmm. and there's this little uh, lake near San Francisco State, and she was living in Verducci Hall, which mm-hmm. is the dorms there uh, yeah. at San Francisco. And so I was making this turn. I had just bought my truck as the used truck, oh, okay. and I'm I'm going around the turn. All of a sudden, my wheel like oh, could not turn, okay. and, and oh, I, I, I felt like I was going to crash. I finally just struggled. I straightened it out, and my radio went out. And then I kept going, and I saw people like on the ground, you know, like this mo- this person on their moped on the ground, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" And then my radio, none of, none of it, none of it was working, mm. you know. And mm. for a split second, I swear, because I, I had this uh, sci-fi mind, I was thinking, "Did a UFO land?" You know, <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. And then I so I got to the dorm. People are running, rushing out of the dorm, and I rolled down my window, and I go. Oh wait, was that an earthquake? And some the dude goes, "Yeah, and it was a good one too." Oh, yeah, and <laughs> and you know when you're okay. from California, yeah. I, I'm born and raised in California. I was like, "Damn, I missed it. <laughs> I, I was in the car. I, I didn't get the full effect." Oh you know? boy, how funny! Oh That's man, crazy. I had one when I first came to because um, I got here working for the San Francisco District Attorney's Office. They hired me when I was still in D.C. Oh, and uh, one guy he was he worked in our payroll, Norman. Um, oh. Um, I forget his name, Nelson Wong. But in any case, he told me a story where he was on a bridge in 1989 mm-hmm. and oh. when the bridge collapsed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he um, he drove a Volvo, and I guess Volvos are known for having a carriage, which is really strong. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he fell down. <gasps> oh, he went in. That was his? Yeah, car? but he was fine. But he saw a pa- uh, the person in another car, and the wheel just crashed into her chest. Oh, it just collapsed, oh, and you know she died. Oh. So that was a crazy story that he was telling me, and oh. uh, it's it's amazing. So he was one of the cars that went over a little yeah. bit. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there was one car that got trapped and didn't go all the way in it. And right, was I guess, that his right. car? I guess. Yeah, I, you know the uh, I forget which bridge the it is. The, yeah, yeah it's the, the Bay Bridge. The top span. Yeah, the bridge, yeah right? top, the top, top span. One, yeah, and the top fell down onto yeah. the bottom. Yeah, right. Some cars. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. crashed down. Yeah, yep. He was on the top. Yeah, he was on the top, and he was. Praising the you know the virtues of Volvo, I guess. Yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. all right. <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, how are you doing? We were talking just before the mic that your daughter's she's uh she's in her twelfth year, uh, yes, in twelfth grade. Is. She's in twelfth grade. And you guys are shopping for uh, college. We are shopping for colleges. Uh, she is an incredible dancer, and she wants to yeah major in I dance. Bring, and, and she wants to she wants to double. Go. She's looking to double dance and gender studies or dance oh. and psychology. So. Wow. We're uh, we're excited about uh, potentially Southern California schools. We're looking at New which, York. We're looking which, at your alma mater, Tish. Yeah, oh, NYU. Nice. Right NYU. NYU. Mm-hmm. What, which daughter? Which, which this daughter? is Juniper. Ju- it is yeah. okay. Juniper yeah. is seventeen, oh my God, man. She's seventeen. She's taking her driving <laughs> test on Monday too. So yeah, watch oh. out. I saw I saw a picture, and you know she's a beauty. I'm I'm sure you know yeah. you got to beat the beat the boys back. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> no, she she can she can very well take care of herself. Very good. Yeah. No, you oh guys have done gosh. an excellent job. That's thank awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, there have been some current events. I usually bring up these uh, things. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, I'd love to get your take on what's happening. I mean, you know, we've had this insurrection thing, uh, this uh, oh, yeah. thing. I don't oh, know man. how long that's going to go on. They're mm-hmm. still bringing in. They're talk- I think they've subpoenaed Mike Pence. 
So Mike Pence okay. may be testifying. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if he's going to do it on the mic or in, yep. in, in the background or whatever. But I'm, I mean, Alan, what do you think? I mean, you've been here for a long time. I mean, just are you shocked at the Trump effect? Just him, you know, being, getting elected and even even him having power, even long after he's gone. And yeah. he's thinking about running yeah. again. Mm-hmm. He's like this existentialist threat. What do you, yeah. what do you think about it? Yeah, no, that, it, we're in a new era. We are definitely in a new era where you uh, see just... Well, here, here's the thing. So, um, you know, when when Trump was running originally against Hillary, yeah. right? You know, and you, you, you think to yourself, oh, this, this is not going to happen. This is a joke, you know? I, I mean, I was a fan of uh, uh, The Apprentice, right? Yeah. And I thought, okay, this, you know, he's just, it's a kind of publicity stunt. Sure. But then right. it started to mm-hmm. roll, right? And you yeah. saw yep. kind of how the Republicans were like, well, this guy is bullshit, you know? I'm, and, and then all of a sudden it flipped and they realized um, something that Trump had taken advantage of, which we saw when, Sarah Palin first came out, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what really resonated for me, there was a SNL sketch when um, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock actually were on SNL right mm-hmm. after the elections. And the sketch was, you know, they were both all this, they had this election night party, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock were standing in the back behind the couch and all the other folks were like, you know, they were mostly white or uh, I think Leslie or uh, Cecily Strong was in it too. Mm-hmm. And they're all watching and they're, they can't wait. They're, they're ready to celebrate Hillary's win. And, and as the night went on, you know, you could see like Chris Rock and uh, Dave Chappelle looking at each other just laughing because they knew that Trump was going to win, mm-hmm. you know? And that, that the reason why it resonated with me is because, you know, people of color, um, I think people of color know that we live in a country that's very racist, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, yep. and not really kind of ignoring just what's in front of them, sure. right? And the mm-hmm. depth of that. And yeah. I think that's what Trump has brought out is, you know, some of the true colors of this country. Now, mm-hmm. the the kind of comforting part, I think, is it's a third of the country, right? So exactly. you, you have, I really believe that the majority of the country, and it's obvious, I mean, Hillary, Hillary won, uh, really she won, won the popular. popular. She had mm-hmm. three million more votes Thrill, than, yeah. than Trump mm-hmm. So if, if this country went by the popular vote, you know, even Al Gore would have won back that, in exactly. the day, That's too. Right. That's exactly so, right. so, you know, you think, well, the majority of this country actually are good-hearted people, you yeah. know, or they're people that are ready to move on beyond the past and build upon uh, build upon what we've done, you yeah. know, which is equality for everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, and really... Um, Really recognizing, hey man, we're all human. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, it's it's the shared humanity that you have to look at. And so I think um, I think this, the the problem that we have is just the way government is structured, right? Yeah. You know, you yeah. have the electoral college is a big problem. Uh, the oh, way yeah. the uh, the Supreme Court justices are appointed is a big problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you know we're in a pickle because the electoral college is what determines you know who becomes yep. president and so it's you, four or five states basically yeah if, it, if you crazy. can get those four or five states and you can and as you notice the republicans know they're they're super uh, smart man yeah. they know how to manipulate the game oh. well sure yeah, i think know? about herschel walker i mean he i believe that he himself is being manipulated yeah there was oh, a yeah. dude named alvin green i don't know if you remember this but he was a candidate for senate in south carolina but he was recruited by the republicans to be a democrat mm-hmm. Uh, candidate oh because they were setting up yeah. a patsy so that uh, they could win yeah mm-hmm. and he was so inarticulate he was so i mean they gave him tons of money i mean the republicans they love minorities yeah <laughs> if yeah. 
they you know, if you assimilate yes. to you oh, know, yeah. their standards, yeah. you know. Yeah. Gonna and, use you. <clears throat> right, exactly. Yeah. Be the patsy for us. You know, that's why you have got people like um Oh shucks, um, Candace Owens. Oh yes, mm. oh, and gosh. Katrina Pearson, and, and you know all those folks. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. If you had Joyce, my wife, she's really plugged into this, and it oh, yeah, infuriates yeah. her. Yeah. She, you Feel know, free to eat. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> totally into uh, yeah. watching but, MSNBC. But yeah, I know but, what you're but I was about. also thinking about. Um, I mean, we saw that in Minnesota with. Um, Jesse the Body Ventura, mm-hmm. his being elected because people think, oh, this is a joke. But, you know, it's a joke. I'll be part of the joke. I'll vote. But, you know, he's not going to win. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have enough of those folks. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Schwarzenegger. <clears throat> because Gray Davis, you know, was thinking too much about fundraising instead mm-hmm. of actually solving the problems. Yeah. And the Enron crisis. And you have a guy named Daniel Issa who manipulates that. He's a Republican strategist mm-hmm. who's been trying to get California red you know, mm. for the longest time. Mm. So you're absolutely right. When people don't pay attention and they fall into the sense of, oh, well, we'll win because we always win. And, you know, just yep. this, this comfort level, all of a sudden, you know, and things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think it's the distractions too, you know, the people, yes. because there's, you know, the only way we're going to get leaders, right. Uh, per, especially progressive leaders, mm-hmm. right. Is, is, for them to run, they have to start somewhere. School right. board, local elections, yeah. whatever. But yeah. we're not getting enough people plugged in because yeah, it's about you know, the pipeline, isn't it? It, it is. Mm-hmm. It, you have to cultivate that, right? Yeah. And I don't think really the progressives or even the Dem- Democrats have done a great job cultivating that. You know, yeah. it took something like a, a well. If you go back to um, you know Anita Hill, you could see oh, the sure. example of, yeah. of how more women became Congress, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, participating in, in mm-hmm. elections in Congress. And now, you know, after the tragedy and murder of George Floyd, you're going to, you're starting to see a little bit more. Yeah, there is um, a new generation. Yeah, um, it's yeah. right. the millennials, how they are handling politics and yeah. how they mm-hmm. challenge yeah. the moderates and those right. who are in, I mean, I feel bad for Hillary Clinton because I'm yeah. sure Hillary was like, hey, listen, I've been a woman and yeah. I've been fighting mm-hmm. and right. I've been doing it the man's way. Right. And now I'm being punished for it because these millennials are like, well, you're part of the establishment now, you know, yeah, go yeah. away. And I think it's part of the problem, man, is like there's a the, you have the extreme right, but you also have the extreme left. Yeah, man, yes, you you're know? right. I, mm-hmm. I have my my reservations about like these uh, what they call themselves, the justice dams, you know, the, uh, oh, the where, know you mm-hmm. know, where where they're. You know, it's an OAC. Uh, 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 Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying a- AOC. AOC, um, yeah. AOC. Uh, AOC and it, that, that those groups, they, they, they want, they, they, pretty much preach a lot of what they think. Uh, mm-hmm. progress, progressives want to hear, yeah. but they don't follow it up. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. They don't actually. Their actions speak differently from yeah. from what they actually are. It preaching. reminds me so much, and I promise, folks, we will we'll get into theater. <laughs> theater, yeah, yeah. No, this <laughs> no, it's like, it's coming. This. It's coming. This. But in 1968, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of U.S. history and presidential history. But in 1968, there was a big rift, a big break within the Democrat Party, and of course, the death of Kennedy. There was a lull, and the death of Bobby Kennedy was a lull, and it's like, who's going to be our leader now? And you have so many groups of people within the Democrat Party. You have the gay rights movement. You have the environmentalists. You have women's rights. Betty Friedan versus um, Gloria Steinem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been reading a lot about that. Where Democrats, you know, we do have a big tent, but everyone's like, hey, I'm not taking a back step for the environmentalists. You know, I want our platform to be first. And so we're not, there are times where we're not a coalition. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. the Republicans, I mean, I, I will never be a Republican in my life, but I do admire their ability to be oh, united. That's regardless. Yep. Yes. 
It's that, like you know, when daddy tells you to do something, you do it. And, you know, like if Trump is the, the proverbial dad, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. even women, it's yeah. like, you know, Trump has, you know, paid $130,000 to have sex with <laughs> Stormy Daniels, yeah. but nobody has a problem with it, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. these, these. We just forget behind the scenes. They're, they're master strategists. Even yeah. the way they, oh, yeah. they shift their money. I mean, a lot of, you know, they, they fund, when they fund, Right when mm-hmm. they fund organizations, far, you know, and not necessarily just far right organizations, but, but but organizations that are more Republican, more right leaning. Yeah, they give them money, big money for multiple years. And I I work in a nonprofit mm. or, uh, world, right? And you know, it's so hard to get a grant that that pays for general operations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. multiple years with yeah. big money. It's usually, yeah, right. okay, we want you to do this special project about, you know, whatever right. uh, buzzword is happening there. And we're mm-hmm. going to give you, you know, 50000 to do this project or 100000 but only for one year, you know. Yeah, and you can't, not enough. Yeah. That's not sustainable. Yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. And how you're going to pay uh, for the, the average nonprofit worker who lives or are trying to live in the city or has to commute to the city because they can't afford to live in the city. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and these are the people doing the the uh, crucial work. Right. Right. Yeah. In trying to trying to get everything uh, back to to um, living standards for everybody. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. I mean, I'm still hopeful for 2024. I'm hopeful for the midterms. Yeah, me you know, too. I, I met Mitch McConnell. There was an article saying that he's nervous that we're going that they are going to lose the Senate, that we'll gain some seats in the Senate. But um, but also people are disillusioned with Biden, so we don't know if he's going to be a one-termer or if he's going to run or if someone's mm-hmm. going to run against him. Which is so him. ridiculous. I, I think you know. I think anybody who took t- Trump's place should have some kind of margin. Sure. Of, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's yeah. an age bias as well. There is. Oh, mm-hmm. a- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's an interesting article, um, and this actually ties in with theater. It's sort of I find it funny. Strippers want to be part of Actors' Equity. Have you heard about this? Oh, no. no Interesting. They want to unionize. Very cool. I have cool. no problem with the, the unionization. Oh, you it's know. just interesting yeah. to combine the two, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. But if I were a member of equity, I mean, Norman is a part of equity, and I would be like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm being compared to a stripper? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I do believe they should unionize. Yeah, but, uh, that's, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I, guess, I think it's in Nevada where, uh, obviously, you know, some strippers are not being paid what they should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they unionize, uh, then... Yeah, I mean, they they did that. Leslie Lady was one of the first, I think it's the first in the country that unionized Mm -hmm. uh, back in, what was it, 2019? I forget. You could look it up. Leslie Ladies used used to be, I don't know if it's still around, right off of Broadway in in, uh, uh, North Beach. And they made uh, this landmark uh, news uh, because their uh, their strippers unionized. Mm. I, mean, I think it was the first time that they unionized. Hey, man, I'm all in support of all the sex workers, man. It's a, mm-hmm. it's not like they that's the occupation they they choose. It wasn't sure. a vocation they cho- chose. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that they want to be part of Actors Equity, but I don't know if that's it, it's it's. I mean, what was the the reasoning behind? Is that? it just like reasoning. logistically easier because you can you can join an existing union and established? Oh. Because it's so. the framework's yeah. there. Yeah. And so yeah, they chose equity instead of like SAG-AFTRA or another type of union. Oh. I guess it's well, a performance. It's live performance. It's live performance. Yeah. 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 That yeah. makes sense. So we'll see. We'll see what equity has to say about it. I mean, there are a lot of equity actors who are not happy with equity because they have to pay these dues. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if they're not working. So we'll see if the... Uh, <laughs> You know, if the grass is greener on the other side, all of a sudden you become a member of equity and then you're still yeah. unhappy. Right. You're just yeah. not getting the work and all that stuff. So we'll mm-hmm. see. 
Have you guys heard of whitewashing in the in the um, real estate industry? So there's a black couple who uh, they wanted to refinance their home. This is in Maryland. And they went to a realtor agency and I think they were told their homes was worth, I don't know, $400,000. Uh-huh. And then they uh, did it again, but this time they had a white friend to say, hey, this is my home. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the prop, it, it went up to 700,000. What? So now they're suing the uh, the realtors. But uh, that's a term I've never heard of before, whitewashing. It, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think that, that that practice has been around for a long time and in, in different, uh, probably different terms, sure. you know? Sure, sure. But mm-hmm. there, I mean, you know, you, go, you can even go down to yeah. the redlining too, you know? Oh, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sure other minorities, uh, I think, uh, what, didn't you tell me a story when you were on, Mike, about your dad? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I hope I'm not mixing it, but he had issues with housing or whatever? I mean, with um, re- refining, I, I, I don't, I forgot what the story was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't that necessarily. But one thing that's interesting, my dad, you, I would, he, he used to show me this photo of him, mm-hmm. this one brown guy, surrounded by like fifteen white guys, right? Like they're all dressed <laughs> up in suits. That's how I remember. Right, I and remember this, that. he showed me this photo, right, and I immediately assumed, oh yeah, yeah, that you know. That tall white guy must be the boss of everybody, you know. Yeah. And then my dad would say, "No, no, these are all my guys." Ah, there <laughs> no. you go. No, that's awesome. Like, I remember that story. That's an awesome story. That was a mic drop. Yeah. And, and my <laughs> and my granddad, I mean, our family, we owned several. We at least we used to own several pieces of property in D.C. And mm-hmm. I was like, "How did granddad do that? I mean, how do you do that in the '40s, '50s? Oh, when black people weren't even supposed to own land?" And I was told the story that. Um, Okay, I was looking at the thing. I'm, we're still recording. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was wondering, uh, and I, I was told the story that he got a white person to sign off on one piece of property mm. to the bank, and the bank, you know, gave it to him. And of course, uh, the white person was very generous to give it back to uh, my granddad, and he used that as collateral to own other pieces of property. Wow! So that by the time of the '70s, I remember growing up, he had at least five or six or seven pieces of property. That's a heck of a story. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is yeah. really amazing. But and it's the sad. lengths you have to go, right? Yeah. To, uh... Yeah. And I'm sure but, all minorities go through that. Hmm. Yeah, but but see, here's the thing: is like our history books growing up did not talk about these very thriving black communities all over the country that were desecrated because of racism. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know what happened in in uh, Kansas, right? The Black Wall Street there in sure. Delaware, and I mean all mm-hmm. over the country. And it wasn't until even re- of recent that I, I was like, oh, my God, I, I, ne- I didn't know that happened. I, they never mm-hmm. talked about it in yeah. high school, you know? Right. And you, you find it. I think it was, the, it was the opening of The Watchmen, you know, HBO. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Do you yeah. remember that? They, 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 they were bombing. They were, I mean, literally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing, planes were flying over this black community. Yeah. Was that Tulsa? Or was it? Yeah, Tulsa. Tulsa, Tulsa Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, the Tulsa Massacre. And uh, they, they were... And then I think I used to call it Black Wall Street. Yeah, know, because yeah, it was a, yeah, that a was a thriving yeah. community there. And uh, and then uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, on HBO also uh, Lovecraft. Uh, oh yeah, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, Lovecraft mm-hmm. Country. Yeah, oh, I gotta check that out. Which was uh, really interesting because there was a lot of insert of different kind of uh, uh, black um, black history in there that uh, uh, that because H.P. Lovecraft, as you know, was a, a you know, this is amazing sci-fi. Uh, yeah, writer. yeah, that's right. He was one but, of the uh, architects. I mean, he sort of he crept, crafted all those Lovecraftian stories, yeah. Cthulhu mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, but he was also a deep, deeply racist. You right. know, oh, so so if you look uh-huh. at some of the uh, characters, you know, are based on you know, uh, 
you know, the uh, black stereotypes, folk, stereotypes, and, yeah. and that kind of mm-hmm. thing too. So it kind of, this this uh, this Lovecraft country flips it on its head, and some great performances too. I gotta check that out. I gotta check that out. Alrighty, um, let's get into an origin story. Alan Manalo, tell me how you got involved in the theater. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in a Fort Ord, California, right? You know, Monterey area. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I grew up in Seaside. So my my grandfather, my Lolo, he uh, he immigrated here in the fifties. Brought my mom over in nineteen fifty eight. Mm. Same time the Gi- San Francisco Giants came yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <from, laughs> New York. And I people should know people you guys know. are all decked out in Giants. Gear. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the only Ace fan here. Yeah. <laughs> my condolences, yeah, we, man. We I'm spent sorry. like yeah, right. <laughs> It's been like a half an hour before this show talking about baseball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he immigrated here. Uh, and it's amazing because he fought in World War II, uh, brought his family over here. Um, they built a house in Seaside. And, uh, and then my mom, uh, at, you know, she was very young, 19, 20 years old, uh, she, she got pregnant and you know, uh, had me hmm. married. So we're only like 20 years apart, man. Wow. Uh, no. I was thinking when I, I was 20 years old, oh my gosh, <laughs> how <laughs> trivial the kind of things that, you know, she was a mother already. Wow. And, uh, and then by the time she was 21, she was a mother too. So, um, so yeah, so my, my grandfather, um, uh, pretty much, uh, you know, brought the family over and I grew up, uh, I grew up as a military child. So, mm. so, uh, uh, my mom remarried, this guy who was in the Navy, we ended up moving to Alameda. Mm-hmm. That was my first time. Then Vallejo, San Diego, Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. And then I finally moved back here on my own to San Francisco because my sister already had moved out here. She lo- she When she was a little girl, we yeah. used to take trips to the city. And yeah. she goes, I want to So you're the here. oldest. So I'm the oldest, yeah. I'm the, I'm the oldest. And um, I got I got in a thing. Well, I always loved performance when I was a young kid. I, I I used to do a lot of lip syncing, you know, oh, so. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> in front was, of the mirror, in front of, well, actually my, the, my, uh, siblings lo- liked it so much. I would perform in front of my, uh, my siblings and, nice. and my cousins and, and at parties, you know, Filipino parties. Oh yeah, go, you know, perform, perform. Right. So we, they're always asking us to perform and I would lip sync like Lou Rawls and <laughs> <laughs> you'll never find, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, songs like that. That's and nice. of course I was a big Earth, Wind and Fire fan, yeah. Commodores, uh, Parliament Funkadelics, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I would lip sync those songs too. Well. Is there any video of that one boss? What's that? Video? No, 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 no we video? didn't. We, we, could afford a video camera so we don't have any bijou bijou no no bijou uh, okay <laughs> no art, no artist rendering or anything yeah, like that no or? no, no all right. yes sketches yeah. <laughs> no but but uh, that's my first taste in performing in kindergarten it was in yeah. this play i was thinking so. you in your 20s was that the disco era uh, no, actually, it was, I was, yeah, Disco Era, I was about 15, 16, 17. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you so, were hanging out in the clubs and all that sort of stuff. No, uh, uh, it was more, well, um, you know, you're, you're an A's fan, and, and uh, um, you know, the Oakland Coliseum was like my venue that I would go to to watch oh, concerts. Nice. That's where mm. I saw Earth, Wind, Fire, and, and Commodores live, you know. We wow. would have these funk, they, they called it, remember the Cool Cigarettes? Yeah, 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 that's right. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool uh, jazz festival they called it, <laughs> yeah. but it was like you know Earth and Fire and all this. And we have it. We, we would watch them at the uh, the Oakland Coliseum. Wow. And I had you know I had my 
three-piece velvet suit, <laughs> Dang. right? And my pl- with the plat brown platform shoes oh, to goodness. match, Dang. you know, and the medallion. What was the hair? What was the hair like? Was it long hair? Was feathered, man. But although I couldn't get, you know, I was always jealous of those guys with the perfectly feathered hair because yeah. I had this colic, right? On my, mm-hmm. so I had kind of a side feather, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. yeah, you look at my high school pictures, you see I had the feathered hair, man. <laughs> wow. So that yeah, not quite, not quite. I missed the, the disco. Um, era by probably about four years mm-hmm. maybe because i was just too young yeah, yeah 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 but you caught like early hip-hop i mean that was like oh yeah that, that's mm-hmm. what yeah man sugar hill gang was my first uh 12 inch that i bought nice yeah sugar hill gang then i got into of course run dmc uh, oh, uh yeah. curtis blow yeah uh, mm-hmm. the what, what was the um um Melly Mel in the... Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, Grandmaster Flash and Furious The Grandmaster Flash. Flash and the Furious Five. Five. There you oh. go. Yeah. So those, yeah, the, remember the message? Yeah, the trap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, don't yeah, like push a me. Because yeah. I'm close, I'm close to the edge. edge. I'm trying yeah. not to lose my head. head. <laughs> I remember that. Now, yeah. did you, Did you? I mean, like in high school, were you into theaters? Did you do any that a sort little, of stuff? A little bit, yeah. I, uh, uh, I had this girl I had a big crush on, uh-huh. you know, and she was in the drama club. There you go. And so she, you know, so we, I, I would do sketches with them. But I, I never, it never occurred to me to actually just get into theater you know and it wasn't until uh i started listening to stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and uh and then that kind of snowballed and kind of um pushed me to performance and then eventually uh i got i landed in a theater but stand-up comedy i was a big richard pryor fan oh of uh, george mm-hmm. carlin you know oh boy R- richard pryor in the 80s that was sort of the transition normally yeah. we talked 70s. about that 70s mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah well the 70s but i think when did he get burned and you know he's t- 70s he's, he's, it was yeah, in yeah. the 70s okay. yeah because his uh his lot richard pryor live <clears throat> in the sunset oh, strip right. was a, it was yeah, a, one of the right. first uh film i still remember films. him in his red red yep. red suit yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and he goes you guys thought you was funny huh and it, <laughs> He lit a match. He goes, no, this is Richard Pryor running That's down the street. Right. So what, what, yeah. what, I, he was high on something when he set himself on oh, well, fire. Yeah. Right? It was, was cocaine. Free base. Crack cocaine. He was free mm-hmm. cocaine. Yeah. And he got a, he lit himself up on fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, but it was on accident, yeah? Or, oh, yeah. 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 All right. But what's interesting is Pryor, and Norman and I, we've talked about this, he was doing the type of comedy that, um, that shucks, um, my mind is gone. Um, Lenny Bruce? Was, no, 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 not Lenny Bruce. I'm thinking about um, Cosby. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, safe, when they first started. Com- when oh, first... when he first started. Oh exactly. yeah, yeah. So and his transition into let me just drop this crap. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to you real. Well, well, he got uh-huh. angry because and he walked out because he was in the middle of. Uh, I think. I mean, his career actually was 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 taken off. He was on the Mike Douglas show. He was yep. doing, but he people were kind of saying, oh, you know, you're kind of like a, a Cosby ripoff, you right? Know? And then at the same time, you know, show business was trying to get him to do. Uh, more kind of Cosby-ish kind of stuff, right? Right. And then Commercial. he, you know, this was during the black, the time of the Black Panthers and yep. and you know, uh, civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And so he saw that what was going around him, and he was in the middle of a, um, a show in Vegas, mm-hmm. and you know, he just he stopped in the middle of the show. He was like, "I, you can kiss my black ass." He just did not want to, yeah, be like this kind of uh, sure. stuff and fetch it type because of. it's mm-hmm. assimilation. It's basically, well, I'm. This is you, you guys are laughing at me, not with me. Exactly. And, and it was I'm, probably I'm, an all white audience. I'm assuming, right? In that well, time. mostly at that time, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to what Dave Chappelle did with the Chappelle Show when he walked away from Fifty Million. You know, because and but for Pryor, it was more. It was a soul searching thing as well. But mm-hmm. he ended up. 
actually in the Bay Area in Berkeley and Oakland hung out with the Black Panthers here. That's when he he flipped it. Yeah. And he started talking about like, hey, I'm going to talk about my life. Yeah. And, you know, you talk to any comic, Rich Price is number one because of that, you know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I mean, he was mm. the black version of Lenny Bruce. He was. And, he was, but go. in and his be, own way, he yeah. was even more revolutionary. Yeah, because people accepted him. People were yeah. like, hey, you know, you, you're bringing it real. And the black community, I remember, it's, it's funny because I grew up on the East Coast. It's funny, West, when I talk to West Coast blacks, they grew up on the Black Panthers and Angela Davis and, mm-hmm. you know, fight the power, mm-hmm. fuck the police mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I grew up, there was Martin Luther King Jr. next to Jesus Christ on the wall. Mm. And it's all based on the church. Right, and, you know, doing right, things, right. You know, that way. And so Richard Pryor, there were some who were like, ooh, you know, I'm not sure us church folks should be listening to all of this. Yes. But the younger generation were like, yay, this is, this is the real thing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating how yeah. the black community took him on. Yeah. And he, you know, Richard Pryor did Superman, what is it, two or three? And, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, the industry embraced him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. what he was. I mean, those are the kind of revolutionary uh, folks, you know, in the arts. I mean, you could even say the same thing about like Ray, Ray Charles back in the day because he had some gospel roots too, right? That's and right. And they criticizing those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they criticize them for that. Like, oh, that's blasphemous. Yeah. The kind of music you I Got a Woman is really a derivative from a gospel. Yeah, oh. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam Cooke did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam Cooke was a revolution, uh, re- revolutionary too. And he, you know, and I think that's why, you know, his, his death was very questionable. Oh, yeah. You know? Did you about, know about his death? No, 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 no. Basically, he, to make a long story short, uh, he was messing with another woman. Uh, it may have been a setup. To make a long story short, he went to this woman uh, at a hotel, and yeah. he was stabbed. Yes, he was stabbed, oh, and people really don't know what was behind the stabbing. They never and, solved it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he was so young in his career. Yeah. His career was just really yeah. taken off. And he was a producer, too. You know, like um, um, Johnny Taylor. People may not know who Johnny Taylor is. Yeah. And um, who did um, Girl, You Welcome, Welcome, by, um, Shucks. Oh shucks! But uh, he he the thing was yeah. he was he was one of the kind of pioneers of like no I want as far as he negotiating contracts yeah. he was yeah he like you know the rights to Bobby your song Womack and stuff. Bobby Womack Bobby Womack oh yeah yeah, yeah. he produ- he produced them he he sort of um, nurtured them mm-hmm. to, uh, Got to it. and he's yeah. one of the very first black producers as well yeah I was gonna get to so Richard Pryor revolutionizing you know comedy to make mm-hmm. it real. Mm-hmm. Did that happen in the Philippine community? Because I can imagine you, as a comedian, could have done the safe, you know, Philippine thing. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, that's interesting because that's a great question because, um, you know, I ended up, I started comedy in 87, you know, and I was a big fan since the 70s, obviously. And the first uh, Filipino comic I heard was a Hawaiian comic, uh, Andy Bumatai. Andy Um, Bumatai, yeah. You know, Andy, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... um, I remember well, I was dating a girl. Always comes to dating. It's <laughs> all good. Yeah. So I was uh, I was dating this one uh, girl, and later when I talked, uh, met Andy Bumatai in person, and we became friends. He, yeah, I told him the story. But I was dating this girl. I was living in San Diego, and she was from she had she's Filipina, but she lived in Hawaii for a while, and so she would play uh, his albums right before we had sex. Like it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> It was like, yeah, and I was okay. like, okay, this is your play. Yeah, this is, this is her. It's, it's, it's a menage a trois. <laughs> yeah, it was, of it, sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta have, 
<laughs> Actually, Andy and I, we started riffing on that when I, I saw him. And we did, the, you know, I ended up writing this bit about like, oh, yeah, I dated this girl. Uh, she wanted, before we had sex, she wanted to play a Three Stooges tape, you know. <laughs> but every time, it was hard, but I knew when she had an orgasm because she would go, whoa, 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 whoa. You know? <laughs> then she tried to poke me in the nuts with her two fingers and like, trying to block it, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so anyways, uh, uh, going back to your question. Sure. He, I, I, he was the first. Now he he didn't specifically talk about like uh, Filipino identity, but he brought up Filipinos because he was part Filipino. Um, and I, I, you know, at that time I was just listening to Richard Pryor. I was starting to get into Eddie Murphy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh man, I you know I should make jokes about being Filipino. Uh, and it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco because San Francisco is a city where um, you know this as theater folks is it's the it's the greatest audiences because they're so open to experimentation, you know? Right. And so you had a lot of great um, um, artists, including stand-up comics, that come from San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know, because they were able to cut their teeth here and, and really explore with the audiences. So, uh, you know, my first uh, set was at this uh, uh, club on Clement Street called mm-hmm. Holy City Zoo. Mm. And if you look that up, if anybody's listening to this, Google that, man. It's a, It was an amazing little tiny dive bar on... Uh, on the other Chinatown, which Clement Street. The real like, Chinatown. The real actually. Chinatown, yeah. And it was called the Holy City Zoo. And, you know, mm-hmm. at the time, like, Robin Williams used to bartend there. And wow. Yeah. This wow. is in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Yeah. It's deep, deep history. You know, so regulars that were there, like Whoopi Goldberg, Dana Carvey, mm. Paula Poundstone. I mean, these are all yeah. folks that, uh, that really, you know, played in at the Holy City Zoo. And it just a long list of legends that came out of or I actually I played in Holy City Zoo. So that was mm-hmm. where I had my first my first set and you know, I started talking about Filipinos, but not a lot of um comedians were doing a lot of Filipino material. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then event and then I went to San Francisco State and I met uh, Rex Navarrete who now is legendary with the Filipino Rex, community yep. and he talked about, you know, his identity as Filipino. I was kind of because I was Filipino and this is where I found out now kind of going back to your questions is uh, you know, the Filipino immigrants' sense of humor is a little bit different. So uh-huh. you're, That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, so me as a Phil Am didn't ask necessarily my sense of humor and the way it was, it was presented, like, you know, forms of satire and irony and all these mm-hmm. different things, yeah. um, didn't translate very well with, with some Filipino audiences yeah. who were more used to kind of like, slapstick type of very kind physical of cor- corny humor, humor yeah Not, some of those corny yeah, yeah corny you know, yeah. Mal- malapropisms and mm-hmm. and uh um and puns you know that kind of the thing puns. sure uh so and my uncles would do those kind of jokes right you know yeah. and so, <laughs> so it's very safe use paul safe. four times safe. in the sentence yes yeah, safe i mean they have their their they call them green jokes it's funny that we we call it blue material here <laughs> in the states they they call theirs green the, the material, dirty jokes know? right the dirty jokes they're not yeah. even really that dirty but yeah they're not yeah exactly they're not super dirty but um but you know they're they're off color whatever off color jokes you know and so so you have that that layered on top of the immigrant experience mm-hmm. right and so yeah. I'm I'm here Filipino American American born Filipino and doing my perspective and my take on certain things like for example I used to do a bit about how um, the Tagalog words or the Filipino word, word, words we have for our uh, to describe our genitalia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and there's all kinds of words. They all sound like cartoon characters, yeah. right? You know, and <laughs> I, I would do this funny, whole bit. It's funny. I dated a Philippine chick, and she called it an ano. A what? Uh, ano. I never heard that. Never, yeah, that's like, probably another. Maybe dialect. ano, like ano, like the the yeah. what? <laughs> ano. And I'm like, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's peck. other like peck peck is like peck peck, pukki, titi, susu. Susu is the brass. Yeah, that's, okay. a, that's an animated series, right? Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a cartoon, you know, something you see in it's a. Like, Mahal, clean your ano. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ano. Oh. That's very conservative. So he's she, not I even know. saying the real word. I yeah, know it's like, like yeah. uh, you know, she, like, she like really the was conservative, which Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. I know is actually. Um, this means what? what? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like saying, it's like saying, you know, you would say, yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, clean your, you know what? That's what you say. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, Interesting. So that's it's funny that you think it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, so, is this is this is education. So you're hanging out with Filipinos and they go, hey, I know. And you're going. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, yes, why did, why uh, did he just use a bad word? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Right. Clean so my how, how do you balance the two? I mean, this even gets into Bendel step because you, you well, cater to the Philippine community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there are two types of Philippine communities. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, just to kind of go go sure. into where we we got to Bindle Stiff is is I start when I I started doing stand up um, like in eighty seven eighty eight. But I also loved you know like sketch comedy, uh, you know, and started participating in sketch comedy. And so I put together a sketch comedy group called Tongue in a Mood, and we started performing. And this is kind of parallel to what I was just talking about and mm-hmm. going to your question is we were performing at colleges and universities, you know, mm-hmm. for Filipino-American organizations. Yep. And they, most of them were, like me, you know, American-born. So we were, we were getting very popular, you know, g- uh, getting a lot of laughs. Uh, and then the turning point was we got hired to do a show at this Filipino restaurant in Daly mm-hmm. City called Tito Ray's. Oh, man. Uh, you know that, right? Yep. They're, they're known for uh, Balaklak Chicharon, which is this, um, basically, it's... Intestines. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. How, how would you describe it? Oh, it's it? like chitlins. It's like chitlins. It's chitlins. Like chitlins. Mm-hmm. chitlins yeah. There you go. Community. Yeah, yeah. chitlins. Yeah. So Instead of the skin, it's, it's the intestines. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it looks like a, those onion blossoms, you yeah. know? They make it their... Yeah. Is it mabahal? Uh, kind of. No. Well, it's fried already. Deep it's all fried. fried. Oh, okay. It's all fried. So it actually yeah. smells okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. bacon, right? You know. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, we so they had put a brand new disco floor down, <laughs> and they wanted us to to do sketch comedy. And I was like, "Are you sure?" You know. And so we we ended up getting there, and we had our props, and there was already the band. They had live band set up already, and so we didn't really have a lot of room, you know, mm. to, to perform. And so we did our sketches, and we ate it. I mean, we bombed oh. furiously. Do you remember what sketch you Crash guys did? What was burn. the one that was like? Well, we did, did not translate well. We did well. We would do some stand up, uh, uh, stand up, and I, 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 you know, I, I that bit about you know uh, genitalia. A lot mm-hmm. of people were like very conservative you know that were yeah, in the audience probably some jaw dropping yeah and then i do this bit about i did this bit about um you know how the roosters in the philippines crow you know every three seconds at 3 a.m and i go yeah it's like it's like every three seconds somebody's denying jesus christ and, <laughs> and that silence it was silence because Pin you know there's, they, yeah. they felt it was like a blasphemous and oh. then, we, then we did a sketch about how um you know the real professor you've done that sketch before mm-hmm. with us and they, uh, a real professor is about this uh, Filipino-American uh, studies professor, mm-hmm. first day of class, and he goes, and you notice that he's a little off. He goes on these rants about, uh, you know, revolutionary rants. And then at the end of the sketch, this other guy walks in, and he says, uh, hey, this is this uh, room uh, 345? And they're like, 
yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, welcome, you know, I'm the professor, uh, welcome, I'm Professor Pula, you know, he's like, you're the professor, no, I'm the professor, and so oh, this medical it. intern comes in and drags that professor out. Got it, I got it, yeah. got it. he was faking uh, it all the time, yeah, 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 he was faking <laughs> it, and then, so the real professor was there, and then he goes, he writes on the board, uh, okay, our first lesson, the Americans in the Philippines are friends, are saviors, and so Ooh. it's kind of oh, like it flips I hear it. you, I hear so you. So that was the big, yeah, so we were doing, we do sketches like that with Tongue in a Mood, it was like these hard-hitting guy, hard twist sketches that mm -hmm. you know, yeah. a, a really Filipinos don't, generally don't like to discuss. So we totally ate it mm -hmm. at Tito Ray's restaurant, one of mm -hmm. the more popular Filipino restaurants, mm -hmm. legendary. So I, at that time, I was like, man, uh, you know, we got to find a venue. And yep. I get invited to watch Lorna Velasco. Yeah. Or, you know Lorna, mm -hmm. right? Or Lorna, yeah, she's in, in Seattle, right? Yeah, she's right. in Seattle mm -hmm. now. Akina Chewy was her, uh, what she went by uh, at that time. She had this show, and my fr our friend Oji Gonzalez, who, you know, who also is a big part of the uh, Binusif, uh he was playing Kulingtang for her, you know, the, the gamelan uh, mm -hmm. uh, Kulingtang. And so um, he, he was telling us about this, uh, this place, this theater on 6th Street, mm -hmm. you know, and I had seen it before previously because um, we were in a production with Teatro Nang Tanan, one of the early TNT, Filipino, yep. TNT they called it. And I had parked near there to go to this restaurant to sing karaoke and eat with after one of our shows. And uh, my, my uh, window of my car actually was Mark Marking's sister's car <laughs> was broken and they stole my bag with, mm. with all the receipts and oh, the scripts man. and all that. Mm. And I, I had walked around that area. Why don't you steal that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to talk, and so I saw Bindle stuff at the time, but I thought it was a sex club. You know, I really did. And so when I I went to go see Lauren, I go, "Oh my God, it's a theater!" You know, I didn't know it was a theater, and I walk into this place and I fell in love with it automatically. Mm. I mean, and this is the not the Bindle stuff today. The original, it was the original Bindle. Mm -hmm. the, this one right here. I got. The, I brought the book. Yeah, um, the book is Gossip, Sex, and the End of the World: Collective Works of Tongue in a Mood. Yeah, we put this together with yeah. uh, Theo Gonzalez. A shout out to him, Professor. Yeah, Theodore. and we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, so you can get it. It's on Amazon, and I think there's another book. Oh store. yeah, Archipelago Books too uh, sells it. If you want to support local bookstores, they're Absolutely. the ones who published it also. So Archipelago, A R K I L Archipelago. Archipelago. We'll, we'll spell it out. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll spell it out. <laughs> so you. So I didn't realize Bindlestiff existed before. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. so it, it started in '89, and it's also in this book too, because we got we I uh, I kept close ties with the founder of Bindlestiff, Christine Ells. Shout out to her too. Mm -hmm. She lives in Regina now, um, in Saskatchewan, uh, yeah. Canada. She's originally from Canada, mm -hmm. and she had come here in October '89 yeah. to uh, to do a yeah to do a. Mm -hmm. um, to do a uh, uh, to open a theater basically, and it mm -hmm. was a fifty-five. Oh no, actually, it was less than that, like forty-something seater. Mm -hmm. And they they had this dilapidated storefront from an SRO, a two-story SRO. Mm. People living upstairs were on the skids. You know, a lot of them were you know doing substance use and. You know, needles would clog up the toilets, and, sure, then, yeah. and then it would drip down to the theater. You know, Whoa. you know, it was that kind. Of, yeah. But you know, you go into this place; it was so magical because it was just it was in this kind of skid row area. But you once you go in, you forget all about that. Sure. You go mm -hmm. in, you realize, oh my gosh! And so we we did. Uh, so I went to go see Lorna's show, mm -hmm. and it was called Babae. That was another thing. It was like, oh man, Babae, which means woman in 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 Filipino. And I said, I was blown away by her, not only her perform, but, well, her performance too, but also just the, the, the way the theater contained her performance. And, mm -hmm. you know, you really, 
the way it was situated, you were very immersed into whatever it was because the, yeah. the stage was right in front of you. It's oh, like yeah. a Philippine theater version. I, I think when I hear about CBGBs, you know, like yeah, um, right. the mm-hmm. punk yeah. movement in, yeah, New York, in, in New York yeah. and how it's sort of spread out. Yeah. You have this, you know, rinky-dink place, but there's so much energy yeah, that yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of that. Was yeah. that the vibe? Oh, man, yeah, very much so. Uh, uh, I, you know, I was a big fan of... Uh, those kind of venues, yeah. comedy store started like that too in in L.A. You know, there's uh, the Holy City Zoo was like that, very yeah. small, rinky-dink, but you had the power that was mm-hmm. in there, the, the power of the talent that was yeah. coming out in this tiny little stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the way Bindlestiff was is, you know, you walk in, you have you can't avoid being on stage to get to your seat. Yeah, because that is it was just a the the seats were rising up, mm-hmm. but the stage was right there. Yeah. Uh, in front of you. And it was this, uh, the you know you had to climb this metal ladder mm-hmm. to get into the tech booth, and it was this you know and it was <laughs> yeah. this old uh, ass like uh, it wasn't nothing uh, close to the technology. Yeah, nothing computerized. Today. Yeah, you had to swipe no, no. A to B axis. Even the patching, you had to repatch the the oh, lights. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Hot, like hot, you know, so you can get shocked, electrocuted wow. if wow. you weren't careful. <laughs> and you would do this repatching so that you get the next uh, next, next light scene, setting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you become a master of being able to do that. So it's like dri- learning how to drive a stick. You had to really learn the rudiments of it. But this was like a car that was made out of you know <laughs> rubber bands, and you know, oh, it's goodness, just, yeah, it, it was amazing though because. Um, the cool thing about this, the original Bindlesoft, they had trap doors that oh, led right to the, the stage. So they yep. were on a stage, and they actually went to the bottom. So you could, you could really put stuff from up. On, Ooh, yeah, and we that used was that. So cool! It was so cool, man. We we used that all the time in our sketches, and uh, and so we mounted our our first show. Mm-hmm. It was um, actually our anniversary is this twenty fifth anniversary of opening night is September 11th, 1997. Okay. So our 25th anniversary, oh, is, it's, it's before the 9-11, the original mm-hmm. 9-11. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was September 11th, 1997, and, it, uh, and to, this year will be our 25th anniversary. Now here's a question for you, because you're, you, you could have said, there are a lot of folks who get involved in theater and they're like, okay, this is a fun thing, but let me get back into real life. Let me mm-hmm. do my day job or whatever. Yeah. But there was something about you that said, hey, this is, I'm going to make this my thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, mm. when we, uh, Bindlestiff, it was open in 89, and it went, it exchanged different hands. Like Christine, it always ended up back to Christine, but she, mm-hmm. she got burnt out, and she gave it to this other guy, I forget, I think his name is Spencer, uh, and he ran it for a little while, and then he got tired and burnt out, gave it, said, Christine, I can't do this anymore, gave it back to Christine, and then she tried to create a consortium, mm-hmm. you know, and she would invite uh, kids in the neighborhood. That's how Lorna got involved. She sure. lived in, in South yeah. Market, off yeah. of Potoma. And so, um, so they, they got involved and then they created a consortium. That's when we came in and we were the only ones selling out our show. Like when Tongue and the Mood started, we had, uh, our first night we had like 12 people in the audience. Mm. You, remember, you remember, you know those nights, yeah, right? Yeah, in yeah. The Black Box Theater. <laughs> By the end of our run, we had, they gave us an extra week because mm-hmm. we were selling out. Like, wow, uh, people! And our move was this: I went to my Filipino American studies professors That's when I was at San Francisco State, mm-hmm. and asked them, "Hey, can you get your students to come to our shows?" And they assigned it. That so, was brilliant, man. So that that was that's brilliant. how it started. And all, so after our success as Tongue in a Mood, my wife was involved with Teatro Nangtanan TNT. Mm-hmm. What uh, Mike was talking about, yep. and Mike. Mike and I, did we meet through TNT also? Or? We did. We did, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was through TNT, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, Mike, I, just, just kind of a side note. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, I was in an Asian American studies class, and I saw this uh, this uh, short 
short film called Silencio, you know, uh-huh. like a 15-minute <laughs> film. And that guy was the star in it. Uh, him and uh, Roto Gravador's dad, right? Mm-hmm. I think I may have Paul, seen yeah. that. Oh, clean shaven. Yeah, did you have a suit on? I did have yes. a suit. Yeah, it was oh, yeah, from the 1930s that. or something. Yeah, it was. Beautiful, great film, great film, and he was so good in it. And I was starstruck first time I met him. <laughs> oh man, I was starstruck when I met you. <laughs> I was that's starstruck. I swear, man. I was, uh, I was like, oh, that's, that's Mike Dorado, man. Yeah. That's the dude and you filmed himself. it in the Philippines, didn't you? Oh no, no, no it was here. It was. It was here, we yeah. filmed it in San Francisco and Oakland, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The the premise was, uh, you know, the, there is a Filipino family now. He's part. In the film, he was part Filipino. Mm-hmm. I mean, part Filipino, part, part Italian, Italian. But I'm passing as Italian. Oh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he, he, he passes his, uh, is it your your well, Who turns out to be my uncle. It's your uncle. And he sees his uncle, but he's with a bunch of, because um, he's about to get a promotion. Yeah, I'm with my a, boss, tall yeah, white dude, all white and my dudes. coworker. Yeah. yeah. And so wow. they're passing in the street, and he totally ignores his uncle. Yeah, and I just wow. give him this look like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, simulation, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's Powerful. because yeah, he exactly yeah, it gives right. Me chills still thinking about that. Yeah. I know that's crazy. There's the that the scene where they just slow mo. Yeah, because yeah. the uncle's the uncle's like really happy to see him, and he wants to like give him a hug, and and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Mike's character like. So like no no I can't do it right now I'm, you know I'm with these oh interesting because oh, oh, it so took your place in the didn't buy into it it's just like I've got I can't do this right now yeah, yeah. exactly I see, I yeah. see. And, and so they, they pass each other and that passing moment is just so heartbreaking and then later on he has to he gets confronted because at they, dinner at dinner at dinner later that night yeah the wow. uncle's there uncle yeah. passes the rice to me and gives me this look like. You motherfucker! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. And it was and it, it crosses so many cultures. Yeah, yeah sure exactly. Does. And it, it sure was so does. such a powerful film. I just yeah. wanted to give uh, props to Mike. Yeah. And like I said, I was I was starstruck when I. I, I first so here's met the thing: him. is that I, I lived in the Philippines in '95, right? And I yeah. and I came back in '96, and I was like, I was sad about leaving the Philippines, but I was also excited to be back home. But. Mm-hmm. That's when I discovered Bindlestiff. I went to my very first show was a, t- a Tongue and a Mood show, oh, and that true. sketch was every every Filipino PCN. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sitting in the Filipino audience there, line, yeah. and I'm just like, I was awestruck. I was like, damn, <laughs> I'm home, right? And do you remember like what was it even back then where people would say like, you know, um, if um, you know if this isn't uh, your first time at Bindlestiff, uh, you know, welcome back. Oh if yeah, it's your first yeah, time, yeah. welcome home. Yeah, wow. yeah, right. Yeah. And like, and I remember. Uh, whoever was uh, introducing or, you know, in, in the beginning said that. And, and then then the whole show, the Tongue and a Mood show, and I was just like, I got to get involved with this. This is, this is, you know, and it's like you said, it's on Skid Row. It's in a sketchy yeah. area, whatever. Yeah. And you, yeah. but, what, but when you enter that space and exactly. you, you, you get consumed by the performance and they're literally feet from you, three feet from you, right? Yeah. And it's so intimate. And man, I was just, I was starstruck and awestruck by... Tongue in the mood by a bindle stiff by the fact that like I realize that yes I'm Filipino, but I'm Filipino American and that really is different. The, the humor, yeah. the comedy, the entertainment back there was, I didn't find it very engaging. And then when I arrived at Bindle Stiff, I was just like, this okay, it. this is yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's incredible, I, and, man. And there, you know, there was no place like it. Um, and it, when I took over, it, it was because we were the only ones selling out our show. Like yeah. uh, Tongue in the Mood, 
Tsangan was selling out uh, their show, and then I invited TNT, Teatro Nintanan, to do shows there. Yeah. We were selling out their show. And then I, I met uh, uh, Oliver and, and Golda and all the mm. folks from uh, their – they had a they were part of a, their own sketch group called the Overseas Artists. Yeah. OA. And so yep. I – OA, and I saw them, and they were young kids. And I said, hey, you guys – I have this I have this theater, you know, why don't you guys come? And they're all Filipino Americans. So they started to go and then uh, OG said, Hey, let's do a music festival. So mm-hmm. we start started the Pinoy's Pop Music yep. Festival. It was a play wow. on Noise Pop Festival. And it just snowballed from there. It just became this big thing. And then finally, you know, the the uh, the Christine uh, Els uh, said you know, the only thing that's selling out are the Filipino shows. Do you want to take over? And I never ran a theater before. I, I was like, you know, I was a business major, though. So I said, mm-hmm. OK, well, I got some knowledge, you know, of how to run a business. So she gave me the keys, the checkbook to, to run it. It was, it was not a nonprofit organization back then. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was off my, my, my uh, checkbook. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a full-time job at the time. So I was like, all right, let's do this. And, um, and I thought, well, this is great because we could you know, I could just book it and, and, you know, create it as a Filipino-American epicenter. And I did not, you know, in my wildest dreams, honestly, I didn't know it was going to last this long. I mean, it's it's still around. So, so yeah, and, it, and, it, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, good things. I mean, it describe when you describe it, it's almost as if like a planet, you know, and mm-hmm. how, you know, there are asteroids or there are... Gravitational uh, pull. Yeah, gravitational yeah, pull. And yeah. you have so many people who just gravitate towards it. Exactly. Because it has that pull. You know, there mm-hmm. are lots of planets mm-hmm. that don't have that because they're not strong enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the, the Bendelstiff that had that pull to bring in so many artists and to last so many years. Yeah, and it's the belief in the necessity of it. That's what it is. You know, it's that and a really strong sense of community. And I yeah. think that... That, that's the thing that uh, you know. All theaters should should all realize that you you can't just be a performance venue in this neighborhood. You yeah. have to be part of the neighborhood, yeah. which means you you need to engage in the people around. I do you. have a quick question. It's a it's a abstract question for the both of you. Mm-hmm. So I had a, um, a a Christian podcast a while back uh, called "You Got to Have Faith," and there was a uh, friend of mine, Craig Dickerson, but we talked about the theater as a church. I mean, not like a real church, but something where yeah. you can have a spiritual enlightenment yeah. oh, from is. the theater. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, do you see Bendelstiff as that? I mean, it's, yes. it's strange because, you know, there, there are people who are like, oh, don't even talk to me about religion. You know, I don't want to get into that because I don't want to be judged and all that sort of stuff. But there's a spiritualness about Bendelstiff. Yeah, well, Absolutely. I think theater in general, when it's done right, yes. is that it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a spiritual experience. It really, because there's, you, when anytime you have a, Really good theater uh, knows how to get uh, to expand your capacity or make you realize your capacity for empathy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have this big capacity for empathy because exactly. when you start to watch uh, and you're realizing, oh my God, are they talking about my life story or yeah. oh, mm-hmm. my sister or, or my uncle or, you know, this, is, this happened to me. And I think that's what strikes a chord when you have uh, stories that don't normally have a, a resources or a venue to tell their stories, you know, and you see that in in black theaters. You see, you know, really uh, Latino theaters, sure, and of course, um, you know, Filipino. And I think that's what's why Bindlestiff has survived so long, um, because we've also had the the luxury of having being in the middle of California, which is mm-hmm. a huge, huge Filipino population, yes, right? Very much you so. know, especially right. in the Bay Area. And so there's an audience there to keep it thriving. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we have a venue where people can tell their stories, right? Yep. You know, at different levels too, you know, and, and that's the thing Bindlesif has been criticized in the past for is like, 
well, you know, it's kind of mediocre, kind of beginner kind of stuff. I've heard that criticism oh, before. Mm. And it's like, well, you don't realize, you don't understand. This is a this is a venue for voice. This is anybody's voice, no yeah. matter mm-hmm. what level you're at and whatever way you want to articulate and express it. You that's why it's still thriving because people don't get intimidated. You know, yeah. they're, they're, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, and we've had a lot of folks on here. We've had folks from Tabard theater, like, uh, the, um, the artistic manager of, of Tabard theater and let's say off Broadway West, people have different versions of what theater is. Yeah. Right. Quotes. It's like, you know, we have to be respectful and there are these rules and mm-hmm. this is the type of theater that people want, you know, like, and, and it's sort of as if it were, uh, and we've even talked about the academics, you know, of, well, we do Shakespeare here mm. or Moliere or, or whatever. But there are different reasons to be a part of a theater community. Or right. Whatever. Sometimes you do want to just move up and put something on your resume and move on and mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But some are just looking for a community. Let yeah. me just be a place where right. I can belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you really can, can have both. Yes. I mean, yeah, you, 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 look at, you look at the artists that have come out of Bindle Stiff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jed Parsario. Jed Parsario. He, yeah. he cut his teeth. Like his very first show ever was the Stories base. High. Yeah. Yes, right. As a result. Page to the stage, right? Yeah. And and man, look at where he is now. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. And even his partner, uh, uh, Melvin. Baddell, yeah, Melboy. Yeah. Oh, got yeah. a start in here. Yep. And now he's doing, he's uh, the at uh, producer at Brava. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a show. I've got it uh, listed here. But, you know, they, they springboard it from Bindlestiff. Yeah, everyone has to have a start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at... And, and at Everyone has to be able to enter, you know, like, in other words, um, it's the accessibility of it, yeah. right? Because that's the, th- that's the kind of the stereotype or stigma of, uh, especially of, of um, communities of color or, or com- would generally tend to be low income sometimes, sure. you know, m- most of the time, actually, because we've always been <laughs> oppressed that way yeah, yeah. Uh, economically. So it's not accessible. You know, mm-hmm. people look at theater like, oh, that's that's for white people, you know, that's, right. or, yeah. or, or it's just not accessible because I can't afford a $30, $35 to, you know, $70 ticket, right, sure. to go see a Broadway show or whatever. Yeah. So that's the thing about Bindlestiff. I mean, when we first started, we were charging, you know, 10 to $12. To this day, <laughs> we're still charging mm-hmm. 10 to 12 You know, it depends on the show, but sure. you can still see theater mm-hmm. without... Uh, if you even if you don't have the resources yeah. and the accessibility as a young actor, I mean, you know, if you yes. try to, yes, if you try to, you know, do an audition for let's say SF SF Shakes or something yeah. like that, you may get in, you may not get in the Magic Theater and all that sort of stuff. But Bindlestiff, you can always get in. Stories yeah. High mm-hmm. will yes. welcome anyone. We yeah. had Ben Couch on, who is, yeah. uh, who oh, he's great. Uh, the yeah. British, um, yeah. yeah. And he had, we had a wonderful conversation about being him being young British and gay and not knowing mm-hmm. where he can you know mm-hmm. find his venue, yeah. and Bindlestiff was a lifesaver for him. I mean, I got to direct him. He, he was in one of the uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a Love was Edition. It? I think he was in was a, it Love Edition. It was one of the Love Edition sketches. Yeah, and we we did a uh, we did this we we did it our. We did a video intro, and the video intro was like one of those 70s uh, mm-hmm. sitcoms. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. It was yeah. good. Yeah, with uh, Dennis Rodiz and uh, Dana. Oh, gosh, I forget Dana's name. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was, it's fun, and you're absolutely right. It's like different levels of people who are in their career or see people who just want to try it out. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Bindlestiff is open to that, you know, yeah. and that's, that's what makes it so great, I think, you know, mm-hmm. because you have so many different levels. I mean, there's challenges, obviously. There is challenges yeah. because you have different... So sometimes there's 
there, there's kind of an imbalance uh, in yeah. performances. Well, you have, but, to, have, you have mm-hmm. to have the right mentality. I mean, I yeah. remember when we did Stories High in 2011, I believe we had to fire a stage manager because mm-hmm. he just wasn't, yeah. he didn't oh, have, you have to have I the right yeah. mentality, the right spirit, I would yeah, say, yeah. to enter. Uh, yeah. I remember you know, when I did N.A. Dallas Say, I remember saying to our cast members, thank you for bringing me in, and I respect the spiritualism that mm-hmm. Bendelson mm-hmm. has. Uh, it's not like it's like a hired gun actor, you know. Let me oh, come yeah. in and do my thing, yeah, and yeah. boom. But you, you know, you really have to respect. Mm-hmm. We um, don't. We don't do egos there. Yeah. Right. If you have, yep. if you've never picked up a broom, nobody's ever seen yep. you. You yeah. sweep the floor, then. And that's an important part of Bill right? stuff. It's always been, you know, and Ed Ed Mabasa. Oh, Ed. You I know, everyone loves Ed. Get him on. You got to get yeah. Ed on. Yeah, Ed, you got to get Ed on because you know he's a playwright, but he's also just this the dedicated house manager, yeah. OG yeah. of Bill stuff. He's a damn good playwright. I mean, he oh, is. he's just, brilliant. He's, yeah. he's 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 amazing, and so he's the guy who reminds you, look, if you can't pick up a broom or a mm-hmm. mop, then it's not your place because everybody pitches in everyone's mm-hmm. you're not the prima donna you can't be a prima donna here oh yeah you have to take out the garbage you got to do you got to clean the bathrooms you know right mm-hmm. so it's, it, that's that's part of the spirit of Bindles yeah it's just those eagles you're absolutely right yeah you mm-hmm. can't come and in as there. a budding playwright i mean i remember talking to Arena. i was like hey i wrote this little thing called angaspia you know can you do it for me she was like, "Sure, let's let's do it." And it was during COVID. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Mike, you were you were helped wow. me with that. Me and, me and Tamarin. <laughs> yeah, right. my my twelve year old. Yeah, she was yeah. ten at the time. Yeah, adaptation of Bertolt Brecht. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Thank you so much, Irene, yeah. for for doing this." So, absolutely, this is not just for you know Philippine American artists, but really any artist who wants to get their foot right. in. But right. of course, when you come in, respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the people who came before it, and you know, it is a it, it is kind of a it is a Filipino kind of mentality of uh, Bayanihan, they call it, you know, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the Bayanihan spirit where everyone kind of helps each other. We've got to pitch in. Yeah, Everybody's exactly. got to pitch, pitch in. in. So, that's exactly yeah, right. So that's what makes it so great. So what are you, what are you doing now these days? Well, my, my focus has been, so my first love is stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and, uh, and for the longest time, uh, yeah, that was my main focus. I got in, and then I ended up moving to the Philippines. Uh, this is after my first stint with Bindlestiff. Uh, and and I got back into I got I found more time because once Bindlestiff came on my plate, uh, it was hard to to really focus on stand up comedy. Yeah. And and, oh, yeah, and you know Bindlestiff was like my me and my wife we we don't have kids so this is Bindlestiff was like our children you know. Yeah. And so you know we focused on that and then um, when I moved to the Philippines I focused on stand up comedy I even uh, helped establish a school for stand-up uh, wow. American-style stand-up comedy. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, it's called the Comedy Cartel. Awesome. And then I also taught at Ateneo de Manila, one of the major universities. You taught at Ateneo? Yeah, yeah. I taught what? for a year uh, stand-up Amazing. comedy. That is yeah, cool. I, I wrote my own thing. See, Theo Gonzalez, who, who's my, uh, the guy who, who's part of the book here, um, he was doing a lecture over there, and he, he, he does a lecture on like um, uh, American music, uh, uh, Filipino-American uh, Filipino American yeah. jazz music. He's a jazz musician. And so he did a lecture there, and he had me open up and do stand-up. And I, I totally killed, man. It was this room full of like 500 <laughs> students in the Philippines. Right on. And totally killed. And so the, yeah. the, um, the administrators there, they were yeah. saying, hey, you, know, you want now to do Now, that is interesting because in the Philippines, you were talking about yeah. when you first – you know, like you, 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 you bombed or your group bombed when you were introducing here, yeah. the new type of comedy. But it's not like there's a new generation of Philippines. Exactly. Philippines, mm-hmm. In the Philippines yes. who are more embracing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so in, that's great. That's great to point out because cable started to get more robust uh, when yeah. I moved there. And so they, were, they had this uh, t- 
television show, a television channel called Jack TV. It's very similar to Comedy Central. Yeah. Actually, but they did import, imported stuff from Comedy Central. Mm. So people started seeing more stand-up comedy, American right. yeah. versions of stand-up comedy. Because back there in the Philippines, my first time there was in 95. And um, one of the directors, Chris Meliato, who, mm-hmm. was, uh, who started TNT, he wanted to show me around the theater scene in the Philippines. And then he knew I was a stand-up comic. He wanted me to show, show their version of stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. Their version of stand-up comedy was drag queen comedy. Ah. So it was all the drag <coughs> queens mm-hmm. that would go up and do... Um, they, that's the only time you heard jokes. Mm. That was the closest mm. thing yeah. to American-style stand-up. And so this was in 95. Mind yeah. you. By the time I got back... There was more interest in doing our style of stand-up. So when we opened our school, me and Tim Tayag, another Filipino comedian who mm-hmm. moved out there, yeah, we, we 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 our mission was to try to, you know, try to teach this style of stand-up comedy. And now today, the the school is still thriving. So that's awesome. that is that great. Is yeah, it's great. It's it's great to see um, people doing this form in Tagalog. Also, yeah, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. that that's that's what I did. No, that is awesome. Yeah, I wanted to. I mean, we're running close to time, so mm-hmm. I want to um, be respectful of you guys' times. But what do you think? I mean, because when, when I think about the new generation of Philippines, uh, mm-hmm. I think because there's always been an Americanization, or there's you know, America has great influence on Philippine culture. Uh, colonize as well. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, <laughs> you know, know. put it that way. <laughs> but when I look at leaders like Duterte and now um, oh, Bong uh, Bong, um, yeah, yeah, um, Marcos Jr., yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said to myself, "Well, there's no way that could happen." But it is happening. Well, I mean, yeah. do you? Is it a Trumpism? I mean, it, it is. Well, it's all internationally. You mm-hmm. see that that the the strong men yeah. are the ones that are starting to win. It's authoritarian. I can never Authoritar- say that word. Authoritarian. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can never say that word because I, I think my my body just doesn't want to Authorita- say. It. I know. I know. Authoritarian. But um, but Trump is just one example, right? Mm-hmm. Of that, yeah. and the territory yep. was a you know they, they were parallel, right? They, yeah. they kind oh, of man. came on the same track. Bolsonaro uh, also yeah. in Brazil, same yeah. time period. Brazil, yeah, mm-hmm. Brazil was another one. It was <laughs> yeah. in Turkey. There was another one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, then you, you said, think of Boris Johnson. I mean, yeah. although he's out now, right, right. That right. Was sort of the strong man. Well, mm-hmm. then, and then Merkel had to deal with the sure. conservative, you know, kind of the, uh, another rise, another version of the Nazis over there right, too. Right, you know? yeah. So, so you know, the world you see is kind of turning again, and and for me, it's there is serility behind it. Like I'm thinking. Is this really happening? What's going on? You yeah. know, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of that is um, because of well, one, it, it's the beginning of you know, social media and the internet, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and as you could see, uh, social media was introduced around. Two thousand five. Yeah, I want to say and around I mean, the time of the iPhone. Mm-hmm. That's when you know yeah. social media came so it's right, the proliferate- on, right on the phone. Exactly, yep. and and iPhone was I remember two thousand seven. Oh seven, right? Yeah. So look, how long ago was that? That yeah. that not was that not that was a dozen years ago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so you see how rapid you can you can um, the proliferation of misinformation. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so people, because people always have subscribed to the, and, and, and then if you break it down to that, it's like, okay, well, as humans, what, what are our belief systems? You right. Know? That's and, exactly right. You know, and it's been around. I mean, you know, you, you could point to re- def- different versions of religion and even different versions of Christianity. Sure. And mm-hmm. Catholicism and all yeah. that and all the levels of that. Sure. You know, Catholic light to the staunch, you know, Filipinos who were yeah. really staunch uh, uh, um, Catholics. But, yeah. uh, but it's that belief system of people not – and then also it's the um, – Kind of the corrosion and the degradation of of really uh, solid journalism. 
right? That's true. Press, because right. there was a time where, you know, you would read something and you had, yeah. the press had integrity. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a thing called a paper of record, like, you know, like uh, the New York Times, mm-hmm. where you can, the Library of Congress can collect, let's yeah. say, articles from the New York Times because okay. it is right. a, a, I forget what the term is, but it's, they, they call it the paper of record, as opposed to, let's say, the New York Post or mm-hmm. let's say the... Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, National the, the National Enquirer, things like that. <laughs> but I also think, you know, there's migration. There's also with social media, more people of different cultures and mm-hmm. whatever are putting their voices out. And there's a backlash. You know, yes. we think, oh, this is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Like 2007, that coincided with the when Barack Obama was running for president. Yes. Right. Right. And although there are lots of us who are embracing that, there are a lot of folks who had an adverse reaction to that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of that yeah. has to do with it as well. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think the people who had that adverse reactions learn how to use social media. Exactly. Because Barack was the first president to use social media That's exactly as a right. grassroots fundraising uh, Right. I remember, I remember the icons, the, yes. the apps. Right, oh, the yeah. hope, right? And, yeah. and so the, he was the one who embraced that. And, he, and the, the right, you know, or, or all these other people realized, how did he do it? And then they saw it. Now mm-hmm. they're using it. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, you got because uh, you know, look, uh, Russia and China. You could throw that in the mix. Sure, there. sure. Those sure. guys know how to hack, man. Yeah. And to be able to create all these false narratives mm-hmm. during the 2016 election, that also helped Trump get pushed over. Oh yeah, yeah. Because, oh well, Bong Bong Marcos yeah, apparently he thing, yeah. he leveraged social media so well. He yeah, used the same so playbook. How he did that? Yeah, it was the same playbook as, mm-hmm. as Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same playbook. And you know, the irony is Trump didn't even know that this was happening because he got the help from Russians. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like you know, uh, it, when you when you get lies, you got a way to tell the lie. Sure. To, to a point where people start to. I mean, look at the followers of the followers of QAnon, man. I mean, how yeah. many? Right. People really yeah. believe that. You Wasn't know? it Hitler who said that if you tell a lie long enough, people will believe That's it. you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah, it's amazing. Exactly. Uh, we should close it up because uh, we it's almost 12. Uh, but, Alan, I mean, you are a comedian. You're a teacher. Uh, you're a philanthropist, I want to say, because, you know, you've helped, you know, you know Bendel Stiff grow. Uh, so, many, so many facets. I mean, are you surprised at how, I guess, your career or how – you're involved with, you know, just the Philippine community and Bindlestiff has, has been? Well, I'm, I'm always grateful and thankful that my path took me this yeah. way. You know, sometimes you look back uh, and uh, I, I find I'm, I'm turning 60 next year. Okay. You don't even look at <laughs> I'm turning 60, yeah. dude. I can't believe it, man. I mean, my bladder uh, tells me I am turning 60. <laughs> I, I had to give my, uh, you know how you're talking about your dad, talking about his, his oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, his thing. I had to, in order to try to, um, to prov- you know, to, to make, so people don't feel uncomfortable sure. i gave my bladder a name it's called Vladimir. so <laughs> so i'm like oh man i gotta i man i gotta i gotta take care of Vladimir. Yeah. he's, he's mm, barking right now so yeah. anyways what, what yeah, yeah no, no, no. so so it, it kind of relates because um uh uh just just looking at my path and where it's taken me um i you know for me i look back and and people tell me this it's like you know you, sh- you should be thankful and i am very thankful because i've got to meet so many artists you know mm-hmm. um and i i know in in my heart that uh you know i'm i love i just 
deeply love artists, just anybody who wants it, because artists are the ones who, who create beauty, and they see world, mm-hmm. they see the world in a different type of lens. They see the beauty mm-hmm. in, in what we do. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, flowery, but it's so true, man. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. It's, you know, how, you know, there's a, there was a point where I, I didn't know how to trust the news, so I, I would always go to, to the plays and to, oh, you sure. know, even watching the Daily Show when John Stewart was yeah, on there, yeah. artists would tell the truth behind mm-hmm. the beauty, you know, yeah. with, you know, yeah. in a beautiful way. And so I, I just think for me, uh, being able to be surrounded by people who feel the same way yeah. has mm-hmm. always made me feel blessed. Well, we take for granted what community is. I mean, do we even think about community? And then you yeah. go to, let's say, a Bindleson performance, and not only do you get you know, energy from the actors, but also from the audience. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm part yeah. of something bigger. Yeah, and absolutely. It's, it's it's a really cool mm-hmm. thing. And I hope other theaters, because there are lots yeah. of theaters who have, have problems, who close down. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there they yeah. they are lots yeah. of, you know, some of these posters that I'm looking at right now. Cent, uh, cent, no, Central Works is still around, but um, the Douglas Morrison Theater, gone. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. They fired all of their staff. Oh, I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Off-Broadway West, they're oh, gone. Geez. I was a part of the theater community. East Enders Repertory, gone. So mm. they're companies that remain because they mm-hmm. stay true yeah, yeah. yeah. And to I, themselves. I, and it's that, I, I think yeah. that was the lesson I learned from Ben. So I work now as a nonprofit uh, uh, director of development, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. a fundraiser for Hospitality House, which mm-hmm. is a nonprofit organization in the Tenderloin, has been around since 1967. Mm-hmm. You know, and wow. so we we do it's a human service uh, uh, community center organization where you know we take care of people who are li- really living in the streets, literally, you know, wow. folks yeah. who uh, who are struggling. We even have an arts program too, mm-hmm. a community arts program where you know folks who um, are dealing with uh, their own personal issues from mental to even substance use or in people who are literally uh, uh, homeless, yeah. you know, they find refuge in our community arts uh, yeah, uh, program. Mm-hmm. And so it just shows the power of art and what mm-hmm. it could do, right. you know. And one thing I learned at uh, uh, working at a hospitality house really is, again, that message of our shared humanity of being able to see anybody you cross a uh, you know, when you go across the street, you ride in Muni or or AC Transit or whatever, and you see somebody right across you. That person right across from you, no matter how they look like, no matter how they act, mm-hmm. has a long, long life history. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. They have stories that is just brimming out, ready to tell. Sure, you know. And yeah. so our stories are just so it's it's what connects us. And I, yeah. I just think mm-hmm. you know you just can't forget that. And that's. Before you start to treat somebody the way you know you think they're treating you, and you, yeah. you, you have to think about that. Right? It's sort of the proverbial sharpening of the pencil of our humanity, right? Mm, to, to, I like that. To reminder to, re- to remind us of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that, going back to the social media, something thing, that I, TV and, and movies cannot do. Yeah, mm, because not you're in the same there. way. No, nope. yeah. right. but they tell they tell the stories though, which yeah. is great. And that, that's the problem again I, I have with social media. I've been, like a critic of that is is because it sometimes it, it creates this that uh, taking place of that yeah right uh, it creates this thing where it's it, you know when it comes down to it, it's really artificial yeah it's, well, it's performative right it's, I mean a yeah, lot of the stuff right, is right mm-hmm. it's not the same as being mm-hmm. you know it's uh, the prime example I use is when you go to concerts and there was a time where people would hold up their phones mm-hmm. and they're videotaping a concert that they're at, at. and you're like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> they're, they're not even watching right, the exactly. concert they're watching their you're, phone watching you're watching the your phone you're trying to capture this moment but mm-hmm. you're losing the moment exactly the mm-hmm. whole point is to be in the moment mm-hmm. yeah and you're losing it 
because you want to show everybody, look where I was, and yeah, look what sure. I was doing, right? And it's like it's not, it, it, you know, that that has nothing to do with being in the moment, yeah. You know, that's, we have a hard time unplugging. We we have a hard it, time it's, unplugging. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way of life now, and that's the, the danger, right? Right. Because now everything's a, we're all kind of attached to mm-hmm. a point where you know these corporations know what we're doing, where we are, where we're at, yeah. what we want, our taste, yeah. and food and clothing, and you know, just so that they can sell. You go through your you you scroll through your Instagram. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, how do they know? Exactly. I was about you buy that. something, oh, and all yeah. of a sudden, you see a bunch of ads. Yeah, and you know that yeah. you're being and tracked, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what it is, man. Yeah. That's what it is, you know. Man, we can <laughs> we can talk all. <laughs> yeah, we can, man. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of birthdays uh, that are going on. Um, okay, Arena Beth. RB, what? RB, it's August 18th. Oh, that was, yeah, what was it? Two days ago. Two yeah. Days ago. Oh, happy, happy belated, birthday, RB. RB, if you're listening. RB? Who's uh, Rena Beth? Rena Beth. Oh, Oscar. we call her RB. RB. Oh, call okay, her RB. Right yeah. On. <laughs> yeah, she's a big time theater. Oh, nice. So, nice. so happy talented. Happy birthday to her, RB. Also, Liling Ao, uh, she is a, we had her on. She is an oh. Asian uh, British uh, woman. And oh, she's been nice. teaching. And also, I think she had a, she taught a class at Bindlestiff. Oh, so, oh, okay. So her oh, birthday. I remember. August, I August remember. August 18th. She did the director's workshop. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The director's Excellent. workshop. Yeah, yeah. Also, August 19th, Linda Amaya Hassan. She's a fantastic uh, Latino um, uh, uh, playwright. Oh, and also, beautiful. she teaches at Chabot College. And so, oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Linda. Linda happy Hassan. birthday, Linda. Let's see. Mimi Totten. Uh, her, she is a uh, Asian-American actress. She was in my... Little mini musical Nia, and we were also on stage. We did Godspell. Happy nice. birthday, Mimi. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mimi. Uh, Joel Knopf, his birthday is August the 22nd. He is a uh, musical uh, writer, and he and I, we worked on Musical Cafe together. He's a fantastic writer. Nice. Uh, Janelle Aguirre, she is a uh, Latina actress. Uh, she Her birthday is on the 24th. Patrick. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's getting married too, by the way. Speaking yeah, of, okay. speaking of, Bendis, speaking of yeah. stories high, when I first came on, I uh-huh. did his play. Yeah. Yes. Right, you right. and I. Yes, did his yes, play. yes. That's tip jar. Right. Yeah, tip, tip jar. jar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about uh, Charles Mingo. The Charles Mingo? Yeah, the Mingo mm-hmm. piece. Yeah. His yeah. birthday is yep. on the uh, the 24th, and happy birthday. And, and, happy. and oh you're God. about to get married. So He's about to get married. Yeah, right. Congratulations, yeah. okay. Patrick and, and Laura. Looks like you're hitting a milestone here, too, Patrick. Yeah, exactly. Getting the big 4 0. Oh, Close okay. next year, he's gonna be hitting. 40. Wow, dang! You know, we know these guys when they were in their twenties, man. I know, like... I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the cool things, one of the things I remember about Kip Jar, one of the mm-hmm. things that we did before we got on stage was like a little sparring, little mini sparring thing. Remember oh, that? Mike? Yeah, I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, and did then, you play? You played Mingus, didn't you? I did play Mingus. Yeah, yeah with my red. Right. I think I had a blue suit on. I had yeah. a, like a, a blue suit that I've since burned. <laughs> I got to say, that's based on a. Just give a shout out to Oscar Penaranda because it was mm-hmm. based on his story that's and right he, he thinks it was actually a true story you know oh, wow. that happened in north beach very yeah. cool mm. i want to get laura gonzalez on because they you gotta get laurie on yeah yeah because yeah. he was fantastic mm-hmm. um okay there's some shows going on as well uh new Tr- threads reading series is going oh, on yeah. at the golden, golden thread, thread. Uh, good golden thread yeah bridget dutta portman has a piece on pilgrimage and uh that'll be august the 9th through the 30th Norman G., the reason why uh, he is not here is because he's on stage. Norman. (laughs) He's doing uh, the San Francisco Mime True Back to the Way Things Were, and he's also directing for Compared to What. But Back to the Way Things Were, that'll be going on until September the 5th. Check that out. He's got a wonderful review. I read his review, uh, apparently, um, I think it's uh, SF Inquirer. 
Samson's going, they, they really love him. In any case, Altering the Theater, I'm on stage. I'm yes. doing it. It's nice. only a play. Which that, one? It's only a play that's right here. It's oh. a play written oh, by we Terrence check that. Okay. <laughs> uh, that'll be going on until September the 11th. I was on last night, and I'll be going on tonight again. Well, right. That'll be until September the 11th. Break a leg, man. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I always thought, I, I thought you were saying, oh, I'm oh it's, only a play. it's only a play. <laughs> yeah, you're being modest. <laughs> like, called, it's only a play. It's, on, only a play. <laughs> it's only a play. <laughs> At this point in your career, you don't have to be modest. Yeah, exactly. Tell us, yeah, what is it? What is the play? Tell us about it, please. Yeah. Lear will be at Cal Shakes, is at Cal Shakes, and Don Monique Williams is directing, co-directing oh, that. Nice. Michael Asbury is in that show. Fantastic. Uh, September the 7th through October the 2nd. Sense and Sensibilities, the Silicon Valley Shakespeare Company is doing that. Nice. Cynthia Branch Lagozinski is in that. August the 5th through September the 4th. Songs for Larry. We were talking about yeah. that. Theodore Brava is doing that. Oh, Melvin Badiel is producing goodness. that. Yes, Bill oh. Boy. Uh, and Larry, I think it's Larry Itong. Mm. It Leong. It Leong, yeah. yeah. It and Leung, that, yep. This is a production of uh, Gail Roma Santa. I got to mm-hmm. give a shout out to her. She's a member of uh, Tongue in the Mood also. And she's also the, the executive director of the Philippine American Development Foundation, too. Just amazing, amazing writer and, and woman. And she was a very close friend uh, with uh, Don Mabalon, Professor Don Mabalon. Oh, wow. Who mm-hmm. had passed on a few years ago. Mm. And they did a um, actually a children's book based on uh, Larry It Leong, who is... And a, an incredible character. He was part of the. He led um, the uh, the strikes. You know the farm workers' strikes. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh, nice. he even they they were striking even before um, Dolores Huerta and Chavez got mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. They, Interesting. They, yeah, so Journey for Justice. History. Check yeah. it out. So people don't really. It's one of the unsung heroes of uh, the farm workers unionizing. Is Larry Larry and Philip Vera Cruz, but mm-hmm. uh, Larry was quite a character, and so that's that's something to watch for that's sure. That's very cool. Yeah, this is a workshop October of a new 2nd. musical, and uh, they're going to be rolling that out October the second. So you got to check that out. It's my sister's birthday. Yeah. yeah, San Jose Stage is doing the play that goes wrong. Uh, that'll be September the twenty first through October the sixteenth. John Tracy, we've had him on, is directing the show, and Michael Barrett Austin and Cassidy Jamal Brown is in the play. Uh, I have a link for that. Gypsy, if you're into that musical, is uh, happening at the Hillbarn Theater, September nice. the 8th through the 25th. Good to see Hillbarn still around. That's yeah. fantastic. Cool. Melissa Bombuis, we've had her on the show. She's in the play. Shotgun Players is doing Man of God, uh, September the 3rd through right. October the 2nd. On. Chuck. Yeah. Uh, Lauren. Chuck Laxon, yeah. that's right. Lauren Is Garcia. he in there? Oh, yes. no way. Oh, very <laughs> okay. cool. I didn't even know that. So they're in the I, show. I, I, and also Hyungji Kim, who oh, stage managed uh, yeah. in Dallas Say. She's yeah. also stage the assistant stage manager for this. Oh, right so on. I'm, gla- I'm so glad that Shotgun is bringing on yeah. Uh, yeah. About, these yeah. new people. And also yeah. putting on stage stories mm-hmm. yeah. of yeah. Um, diverse you know, diverse. We got to check that out, buddy. Yeah, we go. We got to go. We got to yeah. go for sure. They're still at Ashby, right? Ashby, right there. I love their house. I've been there. Yeah. Oh, man. Sept- I haven't been in a while, but this mm-hmm. is great to hear. Yeah. So and September check. the 3rd or October the 2nd, uh, that's happening. So we have a link for that. And Contra Lawrence Costa Civic Theater. They're doing Camelot. And so oh. check that out. September the 9th through October the 9th. Jamie Strube, she's been on the show, is in the show. Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, San-, San Francisco Shakes is doing that July the 23rd through October nice. the 7th. Richard Jennings is the composer. Oh, wait a minute, the seventh. Okay, that's oh, done already. So done. Oh, okay. forget about that. I'm gonna, I got to delete <laughs> that. That's it was okay. a great show. It was a great show. Yeah. Uh, Follies is still happening. San Francisco Playhouse. My good friend of mine, Eko Yamamoto, is in that. June 30th through September the 10th. Uh, and the last thing I have is Rent. Landmark Theater 
is uh, doing that. Um, that'll be July the 9th through August the 14th. They closed. Marla Cox is uh, in a great that show, musical. Oh, oh, it closed yeah, already. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. I'm reading oh, things no. that should have should Renton was amazing. Nico, was, Jochi- Nico yeah. uh, Jochico was in it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. He was yep, in uh, Story High from last year, right. my oh, brother's right. musical. And there are a couple of podcasts. Uh, Mount Goodfriend Barry Graves, who Barry. was our... Um, Richard, who's who's our my Richard Wright in Four Men in Paris, mm. he has a podcast, A Black Man's Heart. So check that out. Ooh, Mallory Samara, nice. uh, our my consulting producer, yeah. she has a, her day job, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Alina's daughter. Yeah. Uh, Mallory is her day job is KCBS Radio, and she has oh, a, uh, a awesome. new podcast called Connect the Dots. So oh, check that wow, out. Wow, cool. And I really want Bendelsif to revive the Fobcast. Yeah, <laughs> exploring Filipino American immigrant series. So, but they still have two episodes. So check those out. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. That yeah, is right it. On. Alan, uh, did you enjoy yourself? I did. You know, I do want to do a shout out uh, to a couple people. First of sure. all, and you've had her on the show many times, Jeannie Baroga. Jeannie. Our homegirl, right? And uh, Jeannie's one of my mentors, and I just wanted to say hello. I hope she's doing fine. Hey, Jeannie. Uh, with, and Tony also. So love yeah. Jeannie Baroga. I miss you, sister. Uh, and like I said, she's one of my, uh, my mentors. And of course, my wife, Joyce Juan Manalo, who I'm always trying to get her to talk about her production of Tagalog, which was at Ben oh, yeah. and introducing, you know, you got to get her to come on the show. I am. I'm going to try. I'm trying my hardest. Come. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to get her to talk about yeah. her and Lorna, maybe get Lorna here if she's in town. Uh, yeah, to talk about the Tagalog production. Her and her daughter, her, I'm sorry, her sister, Dion. And Dion, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Had a little crush on Dion, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she plays for the other team, though. I know, know so. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, they're, they're both just wonderful people. They are. They oh, are. Man. Just, yeah. Yeah, sadly, uh, the, uh, unfortunately, they, they, they lost their mom uh, recently. So, yeah, our condolences mm-hmm. yeah, to the Yeah, I think family. I heard about that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, so. Also, I want to push, we have gay jerseys. So, check out the gay jerseys. Uh, we, we have black, we have white. Uh, we have pinstripes of those who you know who uh, who want that. Nice. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do the pinstripes, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's yeah. Yankee like, but it's not really oh, yeah, Yankees. Yeah, but yeah. you'll you'll be supporting the yay. It's thirty dollars. You can also always PM me, Venmo me, and Ooh, I, uh, I can hook those. you up. Ooh, is that the one on the table there? Yeah, exactly. Oh, they are nice. I'm have to you get guys... one of those right now. Shoot. Yeah, me too. You, you, you I don't want, I don't want to push it, but you know, it'll, it'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But in any case, yeah. Thank you so much. This is just such a wonderful uh, thing. I think we did it hour and a half we could have gone even more but you know oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as always we are so, we are on all podcast apps we're on the we're on um, oh I, that's right I want to push the book yeah. Gossip Sex in the End of the World Collected Works of Tongue in a Mood um, you uh, co-wrote did you co-write the book? well I uh, wrote a lot of the book actually yeah. it's, it's a collection of our sketches our, our, awesome. our plays yeah. yeah so there's three three shows in here and it, there's a, um, a a epilogue by, written by Christine Ells, who mm-hmm. talks about the beginning of Bindlestiff. So if you want to know about Bindlestiff, this is the book to get. That's the book. It, it, it talks about how it be, I, I took turned it into a Filipino-American space. Nice. And so there's, there's a, and there's also director's notes, too. So yeah. it teaches, you know, it, it talks about our experience of putting on shows at the same time. And the so actual cool. sketches are in yeah. here, too. It's like an instructions manual. I will yeah, definitely push that. Yeah, yeah, Gossip yeah, Sex and the sure. End of the this World. This is your we'll... copy for you, Red. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, it's for you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and I'll definitely we'll have that on, and that's on Amazon. But also, if you want to support uh, local uh, bookstores, yeah, it's Archipelago Books. Archipelago Books. We'll definitely uh, push that as well. Uh, we're on all podcast apps. If you're on uh, the regular podcast, we're on that Purple Podcast app. We're also on um, Spotify. We're also on uh, the um, 
SoundCloud if you're an Android user. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you want to, if you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. I'm at, I'm at Red Space Clay. Norman is at Hoosier Hoosier. Our Twitter feed is the Yay Three. Uh, Alan, are, is there a way that people can reach you directly? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Facebook as, as much as I, I, I talk bad yeah. about social media. I am. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Alan you could, is is it Alan Manalo? Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, a Samson Manalo is what uh, uh, I go by. Okay. Uh, Facebook is Alan S Manalo, uh, and then my my email is uh, ajjmanalo at gmail okay. Do you have a website? I don't. You know, okay. that's a thing I should do. Yeah. yeah should have done that back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. But that's all good. All right. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank uh, you. It's time to get on out of here. Boy, I had just a wonderful time. And as Norman and I always say, we got to find a better sign-off. And we are out. Out.